Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Kilgore's in the shotgun. He'll take the snap, pull it down, give it to Cooper. He'll hit to the goal line. Touchdown Eskimos. Shaq Cooper takes the first pie out of the oven, and the Eskimos are up 9-0 on the BC Lions. That's the only touchdown of the game on Saturday night. The only one that was needed, 19-6. The Eskimos beat the BC Lions on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, and with the win, clinch a playoff spot. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope the Thanksgiving Day long weekend went well for you and yours. Hope you got to spend lots of time with your family, with your friends, and with a turkey. Uh, Let's bring in the coach now, Jason Moss. Congratulations on clinching that playoff spot. Thanks, Marley. Appreciate it. Uh, Big deal for for us to get in the playoffs. was there a relief of sorts? I don't know if relief is the right way to phrase it or not, but there was a, a bit of relief, you know, nailing it down. And I know you've talked about checking off the boxes and getting the playoff spot was one of them. Well, I think any time it's getting late in the season and other teams have clinched and you're the last one to do it and you're doing it at home, your second opportunity to clinch. Uh, I don't know if, if, if that's the right word, but uh, you definitely want to do it as soon as possible. All right, let's, uh, let's start the conversation on the game on Saturday night about Logan Kilgore. And, uh, you look at the numbers of his game, 18 for 29, 194 yards with an interception, but you really have to do a deep dive into his game and kind of ignore the numbers because uh, he had a determined, gutsy effort, uh, uh, took a hard shot early, shook it off, and played pretty well the rest of the evening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't care what the numbers and stats say about Logan's night. Uh, we talked about in our room going into that game that we wanted to hurt at the end of the game. We were going to make them pay the price to play us. We were going to pay the price to play them. We know what was on at stake, and we said, if you're injured, that means you just can't play. But if you're hurt, that's what we want you to be. And Logan hurt from the first series on and stayed in there, didn't miss a beat, and I couldn't be more proud of a guy on our team to do that. Uh, your quarterback generally leads your team, and he did a tremendous job of doing that, uh, playing gutsy, playing tough, physically, mentally, um, you know, because it is a tough game. I mean, when you know you're, you're at home, you gotta you got to face these guys to get in the playoffs. You know, everything's not going to go your way or go perfect, but I thought Logan uh, did just a tremendous job uh, fighting and, and, and leading us. He seemed more in control of the offense in this game than the other three starts he had, and I guess that's just getting more experience and more reps and more playing time. Yeah, you know, I mean, Logan definitely, and I've said it along, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of starts in his career, a ton of starts under his belt. And you need reps, you need uh, those opportunities to get better. I mean, every rep tells you something more. And, you know, get put in, you always get put into different situations the more you play. Uh, you learn from everything. And I think that's what you're seeing with Logan. I mean, he is getting more comfortable at the beginning of the game. Then he's getting more comfortable at the second quarter when the, the half's ending. And then in the fourth quarter when we need something to happen, he, you know, he's just getting more comfortable being put in those situations. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, that and taking reps in practice and, you know, watching the film after and, and 
he's just, uh, yeah, he's just fighting and I think just getting better as it goes. Two plays that really stand out to me came in the first half. Uh, loved his wheels on a couple of plays. Uh, maybe not what you expect from him a lot of times, but uh, he took off on the one play, got a first down, and then later in the first half, he outran Odell Willis to the sidelines, hung onto the football instead of throwing it away, waited and found Ellingson for a big first down. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, sprained an ankle going into the second half of uh, Hamilton and, you know, missed practice this week because of it. And, you know, and, and to go into this game with a little bit of hobble, and not that he couldn't play through it, because obviously he did, but not at 100%, uh, not feeling real comfortable and going out there and laying it on the line and being able to get a big first down with his legs early. And then, like you said, to take a shot from Odell and then the next series or a couple series later, you're running for your life away from him. And, you may, you'll make him miss, and then you throw a great ball to Greg for an ex- extended first down and extended drive. I mean, the guy's, the guy's just he, – he's been playing through some things and uh, just continuing on. And like I said, I couldn't be more proud of a guy uh, emulates what we want uh, from that position and, and, and on our football team. Two and two and four starts. Whether he gets another start or not has yet to be determined. But to me, while Trevor Harris is out, he did his job and then some. He got you two wins. He gave you a chance to win the other two games. And at the end, he got the win you needed to get into the playoffs. No, there's no question. I mean, when your starter goes down, the guy behind him always has to go in there and give you a chance. And I think Logan did that. And like you said, we're not in the playoffs without Logan uh, pulling the trigger for two games and winning us two or helping us win two games, um, which has been tremendous. Um, you know, it's been a long time in Edmonton since we had a, a guy beside the starter play. And so it's, it's nice to have a guy go in there and do his job and give us more experience going down the road because right now you know with trevor we're not sure we're not going to play him until he is 100 percent or until he feels comfortable enough to play so you know if logan has to go again he's going to go again and i think every time he goes out there he's just going to get better greg ellingson uh, 100 yard game uh went over the thousand yard mark 23rd career 100 yard game his fifth consecutive thousand yard season uh he's pretty much as advertised just a guy who uh, runs around and catches the football game in and game out yeah, he's consistent. I mean, that's the one thing you love about Greg. I mean, whether it's in practice or in games, he's just a consistent performer. Um, you know, he's fearless when he goes up for the ball. And if you look at some of those catches, I mean, there's guys around him, and he just doesn't. He just just watches eyes, and well, he knows things are coming, and he's just concentrating on the ball. I mean, I think it's something to learn for all those receivers out there that are young to watch a guy like him play. They, what they don't get to see is him in practice and him, you know, working hard in practice and doing those little things. And he wasn't 100% going in his game either. He missed every practice this week except for the last one. Uh, was questionable all week and, you know, comes up with a big, huge game. And we actually took, a, I think, a 40-yard gain away from him at the end of the half, you know, to try to take one more shot to the end zone, uh, being more aggressive. We could have just taken the yards gain, let the field goal unit go on and kick a field goal, but we took a big gain away from him. So, but uh, he's just a, he's a tremendous asset to our team and always great when we get him going. And, well, he gets his fifth consecutive 1,000-yard season. Ricky Collins goes over 1,000 yards uh, for the first time in his career. Here's a guy who came in with a l- very little fanfare but it's turned into a pretty good player for you. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Ricky was one of those those gets in the, in the offseason. I was really excited about having watched him play in B.C. and watched him play in his career and other places. I, you know, I just looked at the, the route running ability he had, the catches he made, and could visualize him in our offense doing well. And, you know, as long as he stayed healthy and did his job, I felt like he'd have a chance to do that and be, and be that guy. And I think he's proven that. I think he's, he's definitely one of those guys that we, 
if we can get Ricky going early in games, it helps take the pressure off everyone else too. And he's more than capable of taking over a game. So, um, you know, it wasn't a super productive night as far as, you know, getting, getting him, you know, over a hundred or anything, but every time we threw him the ball, he did his job. And, and that's what, uh, that's what we need out of him. And then to have a thousand yard season is not no small feat for a receiver, particularly when you're trying to do it for the first time. But now that's expected of him, uh, year in and year out. Playoff atmosphere, uh, playoff intensity in the game on Saturday night. It got chippy and emotional at times. Yeah, no, I mean, what else do you expect? I mean, you're playing against your, your rival who last year the wins against them weren't good, weren't good enough. I mean, we, we got beat by them twice, got knocked out of the playoffs by one game, um, by a couple plays, whatever you want to call it. And they were the, the ones at hand that went, and took it to, went to the playoffs with the same record we had. So, you know, that's, uh, that was definitely time to, to pay that back and, and to know that going into this game we could beat these guys, knock them out of the playoffs and, and solidify a spot. That meant a lot to our guys, and they went out and played like it. They played, they played tough. They played physical. Uh, I think, you know, controlling both lines of scrimmage is what we wanted to do, and I think we tried to do that, and um, I thought we, you know, for the most part did. Uh, we made it a very physical game, and anytime it's physical, it generally does get chippy. I would like to see us have more composure, but at the end of the day, I've said it all along, the t- penalties are not telling the whole story of every game. Turnovers tell a bigger story, and that's what I'd like to see us be better at, is not turning over the ball and getting more turnovers, but penalties happen in games. It's really how you respond to the type of penalties you get that, that makes the, the difference. Um, you know, I take, for instance, the, the pass interference call. I don't think it was a, a pass interference no. call yet. It was called against us. That was a 30-yard gain in that game that could have potentially turned the, the, the momentum in the game. Luckily for our defense, they stood on their head in that last little bit of a thing and held them to a field goal. But I don't know if that was a penalty. And yet that's the same type of penalty a 10-yard penalty is. That's, uh, you know, objectionable conduct. And, and the objectionable conduct is 20 yards less, but you feel like that's just a bad penalty. Well, I thought the other one was a bad penalty as well. So at the end of the day, it's how you respond and what you do with it. And I think when we play aggressive, we're probably going to get more penalties. That's just what it is. But I'd rather us play aggressive and play that type of mentality and know that, hey, taking care of the ball and, and uh, protecting it and getting after it is the most important part of the game, and we need to do that better. There's a theory out there, and, and we've talked about it uh, a couple of times over the last couple of years, Jason, that when your team seems to be taking more penalties, they're more into the game, and they seem to play better and win more when they're in those kind of games. Well, I don't know that it doesn't prove it, because the last two years we've been 6-3 and three to start out the season, and we've f- fumbled our way through the la- next five or six, and we've always gotten better at our penalty production in those five or six games that we're not playing as well winning games. So whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm done with dealing with it. I'm done with uh, caring so much about it. We've talked to our team. Our team understands they need to be better at it. As far as controlling your emotions after the play, that's, that's the one thing that does bother me still. But during the game, we're, if we get four or five um, questionable calls against us or we do things, we, as long as we're playing hard and tough and mean – and getting after people, that's what I concern ourselves with. And that's what I want our guys to play with our hair on fire. And anytime you're going to do that, you're going to play on the edge. You're probably going to take more penalties than the other team. But, again, go back and watch all the games this year, Morley, and look at the records. When the team that has more penalties than the other, they win a lot of those games. They don't lose a lot of them. So, like I said, the biggest story this year is the top six teams in the league right now are the best six that take care of the ball and, and, and the turnover ratio, not the ones that have the best penalty margin. 
You mentioned uh, the PI call against Taekwon Glass. Uh, I was surprised when they called it. I was shocked when it was upheld on video review. Uh, did you get or will you be looking for some kind of explanation for the league on that play? I don't worry about the explanations for the league. I mean, they obviously see it one way. We see it the other. Um, I don't think there's an excuse you can give me why that wasn't uh, overturned. But at the end of the day, it's a hard game to judge and referee. That's why I always give them the benefit of the doubt. I do get concerned when I do have a challenge and I do challenge something that I believe wholeheartedly and I think everyone in the stadium and anybody who's a fan of football could look at and say there's no damn way you could call that a penalty and it still is it's, it's upheld. I have concern about that. But at the end of the day, that's, that's we're, we're, we're all human and we all have judgments and you just got to accept the facts. At times, they're not going to go your way and, and play ball. And like I said, I was very proud of our guys for doing that and for not making it as big a deal and just going out and play and finishing that drive and allowing them only a t- uh, field goal. Sometimes you just got to throw your challenge flag in the garbage and move on with things, right? Uh, well, es- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Eskimos head coach Jason Moss with us tonight. Uh, you are listening uh, to The Coaches Show, and it's brought to you by Jiffy Lou. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be wise and winterize. When we come back, we'll talk defense and we'll talk bye week on 630 Chet. Jason, a great performance by your defense. I thought on Saturday night they set the table early uh, with, I think, three or four straight uh, two and outs by the BC Lions offense. They came to play early, didn't they? No question. I mean, we talked about it um, all week. You know, back in practice, you know, we could feel a different uh, defense we were going against again where we were having to get rid of the ball in practice quickly or check things out of certain looks because of how aggressive our defense was being. Um, You know, and our defense has played different at times during the season, you know, due to the teams we're playing. But I think we found our identity again and just realized that, you know, when we play aggressive on defense, I think that gets everybody in, in, in the game. And we have that those types of players that feed off of it, feed off that energy. And Lolly being on the sidelines again, he's an aggressive-minded guy. And uh, for him being on the sidelines, I think, helps us uh, uh, keep that mentality going and that accountability going. But, I mean, those guys are fighting for one another and playing hard and aggressive at every turn. And I think – you know, when we talk about affecting the quarterback or talk about stopping the run game, I mean, you got to do that by controlling the line of scrimmage, and I think we can do that as good as anybody when we put our mind to it. Um, but that has to be something that we and we hang our hat on. And if you're going to play against us, we want you to pay the price to play against us. And that's that's what I felt like our defense did last night. Yeah, we talked a lot about it uh, on the postgame show Saturday night about the fact that uh, – that defensive performance looked a lot like the defensive performances we saw when the Eskimos were six and three to start the season. Like as you say, no getting question. back to your identity. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no question. I mean, we, I, you know, we talked about with the defensive staff. I talked about with Lolly a couple times to say, hey, you know, win or lose, I definitely want this team to hurt playing us, and I think that going forward is what we need to do. Guys are going to make plays. I mean, that's they're professionals as well. But you got to make them pay to make those plays, and we have the kind of guys that can do that. And particularly when that's a style of play, we're going into the game, understanding the game plan, and, and and sticking to our guns. And 
when we do that, I mean, we make we can make life miserable for people, and I'd like to just see us continue that 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 streak. You mentioned defensive coordinator Philip Lawley started the season on the sidelines, moved up to the press box for a while, back on the sidelines. Now, uh, why was the move made, and why was he? Why did he return to the sidelines? Well, I think going into the Calgary game, he was dealing with a cold or dealing with uh, you know that, and just kind of felt better being up there. Um, he could see the game. Obviously, you see the game better being up there. And that kind of started in Calgary. And then, you know, when you see the game, you feel good about it. You feel good about what you're calling all that. But it's his presence on the sidelines, and it's his mentality and the things like that. When you're, when you're a leader of the defense is on the sidelines, as good as we got, you know, we, we've got great assistant coaches. There's no question. I love them all. But there's, it's a difference when the coordinator's on there, and he holds you accountable. And, you know, the guys understand that it's coming from one voice. So, you know, we do a good job. Of, I feel like D-Max and Trav and Barron do a tremendous job with their groups. But there's a whole other element when the, the guy who's calling the defense is down there and he's an old-school type guy, and like Lolly is. And when he says something, I think it reverberates through our defense, and I think they get confidence from it. And so having him back down there I think is big, and it'll be big going forward. How much did the game change when Mike Riley left? Well, I mean, who knows? It was so close. It was so early in the game, right? That who knows how it would have finished. I mean, I think our guys are ready to play against them. Uh, we're fired up to play against them, and you know, looking to do what we did the rest of the game to Danny. I mean, Mike's obviously a tremendous player, and you like to think that you always have a, a great chance of of performing well on offense when he's your quarterback. Um, you know, but at the same time, like I said, I think our defense came ready to play, so I don't care who was playing quarterback last night. They were going to pay the price to play us, and you know, um, I don't know that we called the game any different. Our mindset going into the game was just to be aggressive and to stop the run. We wanted to not let John get going. I think he reeled off a couple really big runs, but otherwise they kept him in check. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think the goal was accomplished regardless who was playing, but um, you know, like I said, I think it was a little too early to tell. You know how that game got affected with Mike being out. Bye week hits now. I know you're probably uh, a guy who likes rest more than momentum uh, in a situation like this. No question. I mean, we 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 definitely need it. I mean, uh, you know, our our guys have stepped up. There's no question about it. Our locker room is full of guys who have played. There's not very many guys in our locker room who haven't played for us this year. But this rest is going to afford us to get some guys back that we started the year with that we're starters for reasons um you know and that's what we're looking forward to is getting some of those guys back but at the same time i love the guys that have stepped up and as long as they continue to play that way they give us opportunities to call on whoever we we decide who best fits the the situation so you know going forward that's what it'll be that's what playoff football is about it's not about being selfish it's not about that guys got to be confident that they can get the job done but they also got to be great teammates and understand that we can only pick 45 to go into a game we're going to pick the best 45 that we can and it's great that so many guys have gotten opportunities but ultimately i want our whole team to be healthy so we have a great opportunity to pick and choose the, the best team rather than just the team that we can get by with at times uh, you took troy williams off the practice roster and put him into the game his first cfl game he was a factor could have been a really big factor if he uh, would have got that touchdown in but tell me about the decision to bring him off the practice roster and into the game and not only just dress him but to play him and put him in those situations well with trevor you know being questionable all week and then logan dealing with some certain things um you know we, logan was questionable as well and so there was at one point where we thought we might have to start jeremiah or troy this week and thankfully you know logan stepped up and and dealt with his his his, uh his 
injuries and was able to start for us. And uh, we knew Logan had stuff going in that you know was of, of concern. So to play three quarterbacks was going to be big. Um, we felt like with the injuries that uh, Trevor and Logan both have that you know going forward we might you know do some short yardage stuff with somebody. And I think Troy has a a different dynamic than all the other quarterbacks we have on our roster. Now, we didn't utilize it completely because we weren't completely sure going into the week how we were going to play it. But uh, now that we kind of got Troy some reps under his belt, now we can start tinkering with our short yardage package and doing things that more fit his his style of play. Uh, I thought he did a tremendous job, obviously, on the goal line. You know, there's some things that we can help him with and we can work some, some things out. But ultimately, I think thought he did a great job of securing snap, pushing forward. And on the goal line, they did a good job of, of, of uh, platooning or, or bombing underneath and, and stopping our charge there. But like I said, with uh, a different little bit of a package, now that we've got Troy some reps, we could start doing some things that can take advantage of teams that want a submarine and want to do some things interiorly to us. All right, uh, Saskatchewan here on October 26th, 3.30 pregame show, uh, 5 o'clock for the kickoff. Please remember it's 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous night, so we'll bring a new unwrapped toy for 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous uh, one week from Saturday when the Eskimos play the Riders. Uh, last one for you tonight, Jason. Um, you've got the playoff spot clinched. How does that change your thinking going into the bye week and then for those final two games of the regular season against the Riders? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, people keep saying we're going to cross over. Well, if, if BC beats – I'm pretty sure if BC beats Sask on the bye week and we beat Sask twice, we're going to have more, or just as many wins in the season series on mm-hmm. them. So as much as they keep people keep saying they're going to finish in first, they might be the crossover team as well or whatever, however it would happen. I think that's still a possibility yes. if I'm not mistaken. It is. So, you know, we could, we could sit here and, 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 and win – both these games and have that happen and we're not crossing over but at the end of the day what we are going to be able to do is rest the guys that we need to rest because we know we're in the playoffs and then go from there and it might be out of our hands completely you know if if bc loses the sask you know i don't think we i think we have to cross over at that point and at that point we can make some different decisions but ultimately our main goal going to the playoffs will be to be healthy because i think if we're healthy and we feel the team that that gives us the best opportunity to win based on performance of the year and health concerns, I think we're going to be a tough out for anybody. And so that's just the, 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 the thing. But ultimately, we'll let this week play out and then make some decisions after that. Great stuff. Jason, thanks for this tonight. Uh, I think you're getting away for a couple of days, so uh, get some rest, enjoy that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on Monday night. Thanks, Morley. Appreciate it, man. It's bye week for the Eskimos, which means no practice this week. They'll return to practice this weekend. Next game for the Green and Gold will be a week from Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. We'll have it for you, of course, here on 6.30, Chet. 5 o'clock start, 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff. My name's Marley Scott. Have a great evening, everybody. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.